0: Neil, back to Hachimura!
1: Oh, um,
0: first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody.
1: It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed bastards ever. You know the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital—everything about the organization points to a culture issue.
0: When a guy took a took a. In another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it,
1: honestly. It's disrespectful. It was like <laughs> Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, guys? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. I'm Matt Bazon, as always, and here's my brother, Noel. What's up, everybody? Hey, I haven't talked to you in a couple of days. How are things? Oh, they're good. You know, just hanging
1: out, sitting around, not watching sports. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mowed the grass today. Did so you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that, too. I, I did do something then. Yes. <laughs> I got out of the house for an hour, mowed the grass, got a little sweat going, and then um, sat around again. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was a blast and um happy to say
0: I could I accomplished something, did, did some painting around the house as well. Wow.
1: Actually, man. you know. Look at you. I know. Breaking I know. records. I didn't do shit. I mowed the grass <laughs> and that's it. Uh take a nap afterwards as you typically do? Uh yeah, about thirty minutes. Thirty minute nap. It was a short one. Nice. The magic of having older children, you know, you can do that. It was. Get the hell out. Daddy's sleeping. Wide berth. <laughs>
0: white bird all right so i wanted to shout out to one of our instagram followers in california actually all the way out there so, Whoa! yeah we're worldwide and all. i think i think actually we have what seven or eight different countries listening to this
1: yeah i know i saw australia on there i'm like what the hell man that, that was awesome cambodia Cam- <laughs> cambodia, <laughs> cambodia. Yeah. But thank you, Cambodia. Yeah,
0: thank you. But he runs the HTTR Fan Zone page on Facebook. He had some very kind words for us, and uh, it's a really great fan page. I just started following it a couple days ago. So when you do get a chance, please do follow that. It would be a big help to him. But he's got roughly 900,000 followers, something like that. 900 to 1,000 followers, not 900,000. That'd be a lot. But (laughs) yeah, so he's... (laughs) So uh great guy and said some really good things about the, the podcast. So we appreciate that. But and to cover your the Instagram page also, as usual, Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast and on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod. And we also now have a YouTube channel as you mentioned last time. So search on the search
1: bar, Beltway Bros Podcast, and there you go. The Italian Stephen A, I'm not sure if I'm happy with it or pissed off about it, but it's catching traction. Better or worse, yeah. it is. Maybe that should be your Twitter handle. No.
0: All right, well, there you go. So um, <laughs> first thing I wanted to start with is everybody's favorite Redskins ring of fame hopeful, Trent Williams. I know he hopes so anyway. But most everyone locally knows the saga of Trent and the Redskins. I'm not going to get into all that. But last Thursday, I wanted to go over a quick quote from what Qu- Trent said regarding coming back to play on the field last year. Quote, the competitive juices started Flow. I was really prepared to make my return last year. I know all of the things that went on, and just being in that facility, being around teammates, being around the guys you fought with and bled with for so many years, it was almost impossible for me not to fight the urge to just want to go back on the field. I was literally waiting on my new helmet to come in. I was getting ready to kind of gear up, and it was going to be somewhat of a surprise to some. But I think for the people who know me best, they know how competitive I am. Williams continued on with saying, I was under the impression my new helmet was coming in that Tuesday, and then I was put on the NFI that Saturday, I believe, or Friday. I don't remember. I was put on the NFI right before that, and I could even get the helmet to get back out there. It was a bummer, but figured it was just how it was supposed to work out, end quote. A lot
1: to uncover there. Give Um, me a break. (laughs) Are you freaking kidding me with this guy? Till the end, till my last breath I stab at thee. (laughs) I just I just don't understand this. I think the whole thing is crap. I think from the get-go, it's been nothing but about money. And what was the point of coming out with this? He was completely mute through the entire process except for that one locker room conversation that he had, which he was very cloak and dagger about what happened minus the fact that he was bashing everybody except for Snyder. And I just don't get this. What's the payoff here? Like to show that you have heart? You were the highest paid tackle when you signed your contract in 2015, okay? I understand boys want to get paid. You had two years left on your deal, all about the money. Yeah, you had a growth on your head. Maybe things went south there. We don't know. He hasn't come out and talked about any of that shit. There's no specifics into it, and everything's hush-hush. And now, all of a sudden, he has to pop his little head out again now that he's on another team. And all of a sudden, like, I wanted to be here. Bullshit. You didn't want to do a damn thing. You came in because you wanted to get paid for the year. You tried your helmet on. It doesn't fit. And you did the Antonio Brown shit. And then they said, you know what? Fuck this. We're just going to put you on the NFI and be done with all this. Now you're saying you they dragged you out of the facility kicking and screaming because you wanted to play with your boys. Bullshit.
0: I could not agree with you more. What a fucking scumbag to say this after the fact, right? Right. What a pansy ass move. Number one, why is he even talking about it still? But number two, after you're nice and gone to the West Coast and now all of a sudden you have so much to talk about, about the situation, how you wanted to come back. Give me a fucking break. You know, this guy has zero and I repeat zero credibility. For instance, said no one visited him at the hospital when he was getting his surgery. Larry Hess was there for a week. Right, The guy that he got fired, you know, right. let's not forget about that. He also said it wasn't about money, but how could it not be any more about money? He even said that when he was in the locker room for his unveiling of, of what happened. What happened, first thing, yeah. First thing, he has all these people that entire year when he's not saying a damn word, saying, oh, it's not about the money, it's not about the money. First thing, it comes out of his mouth, oh, it's some,
1: somewhat about the money. Yeah, a little bit, a little, little, little bit. Afraid. You know, now that I'm uh, healthy now, it's, I, I could use a little bit extra change, too. Yeah. I mean, come on. And then the team
0: wanted to do a third-party investigation, right? Trent said no. No, no, no. I don't I don't want to do that. I don't want to relive the pain that I went through. What a fucking bullshit artist this guy is. I'm serious. You know, and he handled the whole thing wrong to begin with. All the guy had to do was say, My head hurts. I got this thing on my head. My helmet from day one, day one of training camp. I can't play. Put me on injured reserve. This isn't gonna happen. I got this surgery done. I don't give a shit what helmet you give me. I can't play, right? So him and his agent are complete fools. They handled it completely wrong. He should have just put himself on IR. He missed out on 12 and a half million billion dollars to sit out because a supposed medical misdiagnosis whatever his little problem was but we can thank trep for one thing he did clean out the supposed problems that we had all snyder's boys larry hess and no absolutely yeah yeah. so that's one positive that we can get out of all that but you know i think that his problem with coming back to the team had a lot to do with that so thank you trep for that
1: but you're still a huge piece of shit well, the ironic thing about it is is that, well, yeah, now San Francisco has the one-year deal with him. He lost out on the 12.5. Apparently, they front-loaded his one year, so they're giving him that money. He has no clue if he's going to be with this team again after this year, okay? Going to a brand-new team, I hope he shits the bed, personally. I don't care what he did with the Redskins, and yeah, he was a solid guard. At the end of the day, the Redskins did shit in his tenure. Best left tackle in the game, whatever it is, they did nothing during his tenure, okay? The guy was one puff on a bong away from being out for a year. They extended contracts. They gave him everything that he wanted. They appeased him. They even got rid of all the medical staff for this guy, which, like you said, thank you. And thank you for getting (laughs) rid of Alan for us. But Rivera's there. There was going to be a culture change. There was no inkling by him to want to move to the middle and say, you know what? He didn't want to talk to a damn person until there was money being spoken about, okay? At the end of the day, that's where your credibility went wrong, regardless of the cancer thing or not. I'm 50-50 on whether that was even real or it was benign or whatever, because we still don't know, and we will never know. But based on his credibility since then, and now that Rivera came in with this culture change and revamped the entire culture of this Redskins organization and this guy's not even willing to pick up the damn phone and still wants out and still is mull on the whole thing just reeks of
0: bullshit. Well, and he was also apparently butthurt because when Rivera took the job, he wasn't the first call that he made. Yeah, you. Who the fuck, fuck you? are you? Yeah. Seriously, like the guy, you know, he had to take care of getting ping pong tables out of the uh, facility yeah, and, and taking stuff, the doors you know? off the hinges and stuff <laughs> like that. And, and you, you know. know, he's got he's got things to take care of. So I really I, I kind of wish that Rivera would have handled that. That is kind of the elephant in the room. But whatever it is, what it is. And he felt disrespected. Who The hell are you? And to think that this guy is getting special treatment in any way, he's pissed off because, oh, I'm not getting a new contract. Nobody's getting a new contract with Rivera. Right. They're all getting one-year deals, maybe two. Fuller's the only guy who got a multi-year contract. Right. And the irony is he got the same damn contract with San Francisco and doesn't want to raise. He's like, "I'm, I'm good. I'm good the way it is. Are you serious? Yeah. This whole thing had to do with money, and we know it did, and he's totally fine with San Francisco with taking his
1: $12.5 million, $13 million, whatever it is this year. I would personally, Matt, and I told you this before, I would have let the guy rot. They've got the cap space that they could have let this guy rot, and I would have just let him sit for another year, and he's two years older. You want to handle shit like this, you know, now that Rivera's in, your credibility went out the window. If it was still the same organization with the same idiots, I would understand his point of view. I'm not coming back into this shit show. I completely understand that. But his credibility went out the window when Rivera was hired and there was no movement to the middle. I would have just said, you know what? Screw you. Stay at home. Smoke all the weed you want. From Rivera's
0: perspective, I'm sure that he just wanted to be done with I it. Know, he just wanted, I know. He wanted a clean slate and just wanted to get the whatever he could out of it. And we didn't get a lot, but we got something. And it still pisses me off to this day. They could have gotten a first-round pick out of it. And Rivera said that was going to happen, that they did receive a first-round pick. I do understand because these people are complete fools as Bruce Allen. And, and they're blow lifes, really. They just they never put the team first. They put their little issues with people in front
1: of everything. And then this is what you get. So. Oh, very petty. You know I love spite— like the next guy. I thrive off of spite. Now I'll spite anything, but to cut off your nose, to spite your face is a whole another thing in itself. They shit the bed on this whole thing too. I mean, this story has been going on for too long. We just got this new information on this out in sunny California and decides to uh, all of a sudden chime in when he said a grand total of 10 words through this entire saga. And now all of a sudden he has a reflection time. Screw you. What a lion sack of shit. And I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah.
0: Moving on. We've got uh, a little news with Reuben Foster. His name was in the news again. This time it was actually for something positive <laughs> for a change. <laughs> Also from Thursday, it was a busy news day, I guess, with no sports going on. The best we can do. But yeah, uh, right. Redskins offensive coordinator Jack Del Rio said that Ruben Foster's done everything in the, that the coaches have asked for in the classroom. He's in the team's plans, but it ultimately comes down to him being medically cleared, and they're still waiting on that, which they're having issues, obviously, because of no contact. He tore his ACL, MCL, and LCL really early in minicamp, maybe the first first or second day. And Redskins didn't pick up a fifth-year option on him. Why would they? Right. He hasn't played it down for him, so I think that was a good move. And the team was completely eviscerated for picking up Foster after he was charged with domestic violence. But, hey, it actually worked out because the charges were dropped, right? So, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. So everybody you know,
1: was happy after that.
0: Yeah, I, I really think that it would be a huge upgrade if he could be himself. I mean, he's he's going to be battling Sean Deanna Hamilton, Cole Holcomb mainly for that uh, spot. And it's kind of a, a weird linebacking room, linebacker room, I should say. You know, they got a lot of veterans, but kind of middle of the road kind of guys, you know, that haven't really proved anything other than Thomas Davis. He had an okay year last year, but the guy's, what, 38 years old. So if Foster's healthy, from my perspective, I think he'll win one of the jobs very easily. I mean, he's, he's above and beyond... Athletically one of the most gifted guys on the team. What? Ran a four or five forty, something like that. He's got really good size, six feet, two thirty. I mean, he had a senior year at Alabama, he had 115 tackles. Not bad. So I think the guys with John Allen and and all the Alabama guys are keeping his nose clean and are helping him. I mean, if any time that he's gonna get in trouble, it's gonna be during corona time when there's absolutely nothing to do and you haven't heard a word. So that's a good thing. And so that's a huge positive in that regard. Now he's going to know if he's healthy. And I think the guy's really motivated to stay clean. I mean, he doesn't have a fifth year option. Like I mentioned, he's got a new fighting for a new contract. He's gonna be busting his ass, I'm sure. And I guarantee it is his last chance if he gets hurt or gets, I mean, God forbid, gets in trouble again, then it's over 100% over. So he'd be a huge boost
1: for the front seven. I'd love to have him at full strength. That'd be a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I was a huge fan of the signing. I mean, I've always been a fan of him. I loved him in San Francisco. Even in Alabama, he was a beast, but... At first year in San Francisco, I mean, he was phenomenal, and that defense was awesome. But when they got him at the bargain rate that they did, because of the situation, I was like, let's let's see where this goes. Everybody criticized it and eviscerated the Redskins for doing it. Any other teams, the Redskins too. Yeah. Oh, that's where I was going with it. <laughs> I mean, if if it were another team and other teams have done these things, there's a little spike in criticism. But this was going on for days. It was in the national news. So for me, the Ruben Foster situation, he kept his nose clean and he looked like he wanted to work. And it was just a freak accident. It sucked. I really thought that that was the piece that could make this defense a huge difference maker. Like I was very excited about it. I'm a big Ruben Foster fan. Not his personal things, but as far as the way he plays on the field. And with with Holcomb and with Hamilton, yeah, I think they're serviceable guys. But I think if Hamilton, just like kind of like the wall situation, if he can come in at 80% and get his feet wet and look like he's a guy that can come in and play downhill, play instinctual, and get his feet under him again, I think he can be a huge asset to this defense. Enormous. And Thomas Davis, to me, he should be odd man out. I think Holcomb, he didn't have a terrific season. He was a rookie. And I think he was very serviceable. Hamilton has shown some serious upside. They're gonna play him in pass coverage as well. So I think they're okay at linebacker if Ruben Foster can be there, because if they don't, they're a little thin. I think Sean Dion Hamilton, he stayed healthy, which is great. I mean,
0: that was a big concern with him coming out of college. He's athletic as well, also out of Alabama. So I think that having Foster out there would be a huge He does everything. Boost. He can do he does it everything. All. Got the linebackers pretty solid, especially if he's there. Then you got, you know, the secondary. <laughs> Yeah, we won't get into. Yeah, But that kind of brings me to my next point. Speaking of positions of need, there are some actually pretty solid free agents still available out there. Pretty surprised that a lot of these guys haven't been signed, honestly. And Redskins are currently sitting at $30 million in cap space. Still mind boggling that they haven't used any of it. Not really sure what the plan is there, but uh, some notable free agents still out there. Your buddy Cam Newton, right? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Jadavian Clowney, Larry Warford, Everson Griffin, Eric Reed. there's some good guys out there for sure. So Noel, who would be your guy to start with that would that help boost his roster?
1: Well, to me, I mean, the most glaring need, and I'm not really sure why they haven't addressed it besides getting Charles in the draft, is the left tackle spot. And it's a glaring need, and I really don't know what the holdup is. If you're really sold on Haskins, why aren't you going to protect his blind side or at least bring somebody in that's competent and knows the position? And for me, the glaring one out there is obviously Jason Peters. I mean, he's old as shit, unfortunately. I mean, but he's 38. He knows the spot, and if he can stay healthy, he's a great stopgap guy. Sign him for about seven, eight million. You got room. Sign him on a one-year deal. Bring him in and see what he can do. And Make that transition if Charles is your guy moving forward. I see no issue with him sitting out a year or because who knows if Peter was Peters will even be able to stay healthy throughout the year. But why does Charles have to jump in right away? That's one of the most difficult positions to play in pro football as a rookie, unless you're like a top three pick juggernaut. So this guy was a fourth round pick. I think he's gonna be a good player, but he was a fourth round pick for a reason, and I don't think it was just the character issues. He dropped a decent amount. They need to bring in some insurance. Hell, if and if they can't get Peters, I would even feel comfortable with them bring Donald Penn back. I mean, just something to solidify the position to a certain extent, to just have that safety blanket. I don't understand what the holdup is. I mean, you're you're gonna have a competition between freaking Charles and Lucas and and the same retread Christian? He obviously can't do it, so please. Please bring somebody in. I'm begging you. I'm begging you.
0: Yeah, and I think bringing somebody like that in will help Charles as well because his past issues, knowing that he's been in the in the league for a long time, Jason Peters, that he can keep it on the straight and narrow, sees how he can work, sees what it takes to be in the NFL until you're 38 years old. And honestly, Peters hasn't been injured that much. Right, over his, just and, last and year. Just last year, yeah. so maybe his body's breaking down. I don't know, but I'm sure the, the holdup on getting him to sign league wide is probably they can't get the medical on him right now. You know, right. because bringing somebody in that's 38 years old is a risk. But personally, with the state that the Redskins are in, I'd overpay for the guy for a year just because of the qualities that he brings. He's he's been great. We've seen him career. on a we,
1: we've seen him twice a twice a year for years. The beast. I mean, the he's beast. a complete beast. Last year was the only hiccup. And I don't think that in when he was 37, everybody still considered him one of the best left guards in the league. I don't think he had that major of a drop-off besides the fact that he only played half a season. Big freaking whoop. The Eagles wanted to move on. That's okay. That doesn't mean that he's shit. And I'm not saying to sign him to an extensive deal. Just bring him in for that small portion and um, and see what you got. I mean, you don't have to guarantee a boatload of money. And you're not strapped on cap space that it's a, that risky of a move. I just to me, it's a no brainer. I I throw 10, 12 million at him just to get him. Well, you don't need to do what you don't have to do all that. I think the guy just wants to play. I think you can sign the guy for seven, eight mil. He's made good money in the league. I think the guy still wants to play. And I just think he was just a casualty of the Eagles wanting to move on. Okay. the
0: the thing is that he'd be coming to a team that more than likely isn't going to be doing much. So you got to overpay. You got to overpay for a, a veteran guy that has very little time left. Maybe he actually wants to win another Super Bowl. Could, you know, could. I, I, so, I agree
1: with that. I agree with that. Hey, do what you got to do. But that position, it's a disaster waiting to happen if they allowed. And that's my only point. You asked me who the primary free agent spot should be. And that not even a close second to me. That's the spot. No, I agree with that. I'll go next. So
0: Larry Warford, right guard, he was recently released from New Orleans uh, for salary cap reasons, supposedly. He was going to make $7 million, something like that. They just uh, drafted a guy in the first round to take him over. So personally, I think this would be a phenomenal signing. I People aren't really thinking that the guard position is a huge area of need, which it really isn't right now. But I just think a guy with Larry Warford's talent would be a huge upgrade of what you have. So what are you going to do? You can't really throw out stats for a guard, but I'll go off what Pro Football Focus was saying. And they they gave him a 75.8 ranking compared to Wes Martin, who was a 51.6. I think Wes Martin did a serviceable job. But if you're planning on making him the starter, okay, it's a guard, whatever. But him and Brandon Sheriff would be a nice little tandem at the guard spots. And Yeah, the guy started 14 games last year, more than you can say for Sheriff, the last two years. And then, uh, (laughs) you know, he he only missed two games due to injury. So then you still have Wes Martin on the roster on his rookie deal. You got great depth at guard. You got nothing to worry about there. Left tackle, whole other story, of course. But I really think this would be a huge upgrade.
1: I kind of agree with you. I, I don't think it hurts. Especially since the Redskins have cap space, why not use it if you can sign them to, like you said, a one-year deal or even a two-year deal? Let's say, for example. But I think they're okay at guard. I really do. I think that, uh, that whether they bring in Martin or they bring in Schweitzer, whomever, whoever plays that left guard spot, I think they're going to be okay. I really do. Yes. If they can get them on a good deal, why not? It is an upgrade, but I'm not going to run, play the analytics game with you and do the Kyle Smith shit about 75 on PFF and all that crap. I just look at it. I thought Wes Martin played well, in spite of the fact that Sheriff wasn't there. I think he's only going to get better. I think that front three is honestly, I'm not concerned about it. You know the two positions I'm concerned about on the offensive line? Morgan Moses in the left tackle spot. Those are the two spots. If I could switch out Morgan Moses for somebody right now, I would. And I know people like him and he's coattails on Trent, but I'm not a fan. I think he played like dog shit last year and need to move on from him, to be honest with you. What's your other uh, free agent? I've got one that, honestly, I think it's the other glaring position on the team. They think they did an upgrade with it. But uh free safety, I just don't see it. They brought in Sean Davis, a character guy. What has he done that is going to show that he is going to be a perennial starter for the Redskins? Plus the fact that it's not even that. Let's say he's good. And let's say he comes in and they say, okay, we've got our two safeties. We've got Landon and we've got Sean. What if Sean goes down? You know who we've got? Good old Everett and Apke. Okay, what? Really? You're okay with that Again? Again? So my point is Eric Reed. Why not? He played with the Panthers the last two years. And I was looking at his stats. I've seen some Panther games and I've, I've always liked Reed's game. He had 120 tackles last year and four sacks, both records from the safety position for the Panthers. Okay. This guy, the only reason why he isn't signed by someone and there are some scrub safeties out there. Believe me. The only reason why he hasn't been signed is because he calls out players about the kneeling thing. And he calls out players in the league about the new CBA. He'll go up right to a player on the field and be like, dude, what the fuck's your problem? Why didn't you, you know, support the shit? So he's an outsider in the league and nobody likes him anymore. But Rivera liked him. I don't understand what the holdup is. So that's my signing. I think that would be a phenomenal plug and play. Him and Collins on the back end. I love it. Yeah, I agree. Uh I think he's been productive anywhere he's been.
0: And he's definitely an upgrade over those two, Everett and Apke. I will say that Apke, when he was forced into starting last year, I thought that I saw some strides out of him. The the way that they have these players, it's just another kind of middle of the road. We don't really know what we're going to get out of these guys. Hardworking film study guys. And who the hell knows? I just think that getting Eric Reed would be a huge upgrade, and why not?
1: Why are you setting yourself up for failure? I just don't understand. These guys are out there lurking, and they're want they not going to take a lot of money, okay? I I don't understand why you think that you're okay. And I get it. They'll probably sign another guy here and there and do some analytic shit and sign some guy that we've never fucking heard of and played like eight games or something in five years. These two guys are not going to sign for a large amount of money, and you have plenty of cap space. And they are proven guys. And what's the worst that could possibly happen? Okay, they go down. Then you bring in the guy that you were intending to bring in anyway.
0: Well, I will say this. If Rivera was a huge fan of Eric Reed, he'd already be on the team. He brought back Thomas Davis, so there may be an issue there. Maybe what about Trey not- Boston?
1: Didn't bring him in. He's had him twice. I well, mean, I don't get I, it. I don't understand.
0: Yeah, I think that they probably just want to see how these guys do. They I think maybe- it's bullshit.
1: I think it's ridiculous. I think you're you're waiting for the bomb to go off. The objective is to have depth, okay? And I understand Reed's not considered you were there for the two years that he was there. You saw the work that he put in, okay? And um, you could have cut his ass after 2018. He didn't have a phenomenal year in 2018. He had like 60 tackles and a pick. You could have cut him right then and there.
0: I will say having that many tackles as a safety usually
1: means that your front seven are terrible and they should not have that many tackles anyway. No, I agree with that. I mean, uh, but still, I mean, you're obviously showing some form of production on the field. And I looked at some of the tape on him, And it wasn't like he was just chasing everybody down like Daryl Green or some crap. He was making sure. tackles in the front box. He was doing what he needed to do. The guy's a proven – he's a pre, he's an all-pro for God's sakes. The guy knows how to play the position, okay? And um, I think that it's a no-brainer to me. Unless Rivera just hates his guts, it's totally pointless. If you're resting on your laurels with these guys that I guarantee 90% of the people that watch the NFL don't even know who the fuck Sean Davis is. I'll be honest. I had never heard of him before, before he came to the Redskins. <laughs> So, I I, I knew who he was because I had the Pittsburgh defense for a couple of weeks last in the fantasy, <laughs> so I looked over their defense. Besides that, and he didn't even play the whole time. So give me a right. break; it's garbage. Hey, but he is a local guy, and that seems to be oh, a common yeah. theme this offseason. Yeah,
0: that's, I still don't get that whole thing. Anyway, burgundy uh, and gold—all these guys, they love it. Yeah, they're probably Cowboys fans, right? Uh, anyway, my last guy is Delaney Walker, tight end for Tennessee. I've always been a fan of this guy's play. I don't know why he's not signed to a team yet. I understand he only played eight games the last two years, but he's 35, which isn't ancient. I'm sure you can get him cheap. And he's just been insanely productive prior to those two injury years. No concussion issues. That's a positive. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's been late for 13 years. I had him three straight years on my fantasy team. So I know he can do some damage. Did you win those years or did he, did he help uh, you out in some way? I didn't win, but he did. He was consistent. But oh, okay. we'll at that hey. Getting getting numbers out of your tight end in fantasy is no easy thing to do, and I think I was uh, Delaney. You know he's got a special place in my heart. <laughs> so, but uh, I always feel like he's always he's always overlooked. And he's always productive when he's healthy. You know, so I really think that they with Norval Junior's offense, as we touched on last episode, it's tight end heavy, right? Jamie Asher type of role. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging deep there. But, yeah, man. But in his offense, you need a reliable tight end. And how the hell? Can you trust the guys you have now? Jeremy Sprinkle. I mean, we've seen what he can do. Very little. Right. Logan Thomas. That's the I big mean, signing on. right there. That's the know. analytic signing right there. Pure. Well, yeah. Isn't his uh, father a coach on the team Yeah. As well? well? No, uh, coincidentally. No, it was coincidence. <laughs> and then uh, Richard Rogers won't even make the team. Hey, Thaddeus Moss, one of our three big undrafted rookie signings. So that could be something, but you know, I mean, looking at his production over the years, he had a, he had a season as a tight end with over a thousand yards just in 2015. I know that's a while back, but to, his last full season in 2017, over 800 yards. I would I would kill for that production out of our tight end spot.
1: I'm not sold on it, and you know that I'm I'm not a fan. I, I mean, especially now. With the injuries that he's had, he's 35. He was productive half a decade ago. So it's really and I understand eh, the tight the only reason why at this point I would see the Redskins picking up is because they shit the bet at the tight end position and didn't get anybody. And he's just the last guy standing. That's it. I mean, yes, on paper, Matt, you're absolutely right. He's it. That's the only guy that's shown any form of production at all at the tight end position that's left living. Right now that they could pick up. So, yes, I agree with you there as far as a name and as far as a guy that's played the position for an extended period of time and been somewhat successful. Yes. And could he be a safety blanket for Haskins? Yes, he could. And the tight end position is very thin and very suspect. I thought the intention was for this team is the biggest one of the biggest issues was is to have a guy that can play in multiple formations and not give your hand away. So the guys that they have right now, like you said, Sprinkle, what's he going to do out there? He's going to be in there in blocking formations and when they're running the ball. And then you got the other two guys and um, and Logan Thomas isn't going to block me. So what are we talking about? You have to bring in a multi-purpose guy, which you're right. Delaney Walker, by default, is the only guy available. Yeah. And in fairness, finding a tight end that does both equally well is
0: almost impossible these days. They because, were out there. Uh, not really. The, the two top tight ends out there were not. Uh, very good blockers. They were more the, the, the catching tight ends. And the thing about it is, in college, that's just how it is now. They play spread offense. Tight ends don't need to block. They're just big wide receivers out there, mismatches. So they're becoming kind of extinct. But Thaddeus Moss actually, in yeah. reality, is, is he's a better blocker than he is a, ca- a pass catcher. They right. did not need him to be a pass catcher at LSU. I don't know if he has the ability just because of his speed, which is really surprising being Randy Moss's son. I, I don't know how that happened. But to be more of a boxy blocker, you know, somewhat pass catching. Right.
1: Yeah, he must have gotten all the traits from his mom or something because he's, yeah. sh- he's shorter. He's like <laughs> stockier. He doesn't have yeah. any damn speed. I mean, it, like, if if he didn't have Moss on the back of his jersey, I mean, I wouldn't even I would have had no idea that it was. his. I mean, I knew that he had a son that played for LSU, but just looking at him, he would just seem like another guy. And it, it doesn't look like his son. <laughs> he got any traits from his dad. Yeah, it's, it's very odd. weird
0: to go from having an athletic freak of a father to <laughs> yeah. this to being like yeah. a
1: Tecmo Super Bowl
0: player right like, right honestly, like, exactly <laughs>
1: i mean no he is he's a quality blocker i mean i i think yeah. that he's he's somewhat undersized to be like reliable on the end you know to uh take on a take on a beast defensive end or anything like that which most tight ends can't they need help anyway but I mean, he could be serviceable. I don't know. There's so many question marks at the tight end position, and you're absolutely right. But Delaney Walker is just a, a body at this point to me. To finish that off, I think Delaney Walker could have a much
0: could have a lesser role. I don't think he needs to play 80% of the snaps. He can play something that's yeah,
1: yeah, more, more in
0: line with what his age is and what his injury history is. And then you got the big Logan Thomas signing that that can, you know, because everybody's so excited about that one. And he can kind of be the main guy, maybe, or whoever kind of. Yeah, we'll works see. Way up the Everything's dark.
1: a we'll see on that position to me. God, no Okay. You have anything else you want to talk about free agency wise? No, I mean, I, I just, I think that the Redskins really, um, didn't show a whole hell of a lot, obviously. And we talked about this before as far as I think it was a lot of analytics. So Logan Thomas to me was pure money ball and to get low buy, high ceiling potential. I hope it works out. There's a lot. I hope it works out and i'm i'm just happy these guys aren't signed to multiple year deals and i hope they're character guys because if they're not character guys and they suck i mean i don't know this team is i don't know where they're going um they've got a lot well, of vacancies in a lot of spots well i was just going to say the
0: opposite i kind of wish they did sign multiple years because if they truly believe that these guys are like the moneyball unknown uh metrics-driven guys that nobody else knows about because they're smarter than everybody else. Right. Yeah, good luck. But if that's the case, sign them for three or four years for team-friendly deals. If they blow up this year, which would who the hell knows would be incredible. If they blow up, then you still got them locked up. Why are we signing everybody to one-year deals? You sign them to, to team-friendly deals that you can get out of
1: whenever the hell you want. Give them three, four years. I agree with you there. And and you can you can just cut bait if they suck. And right. you, you haven't really lost anything, but also you've got a, a cap-friendly deal down the road if they are actually good. And, and, yeah, it's and so those kind guys of a would have
0: taken that. Those guys, definitely oh, would have absolutely, taken that. they would
1: have begged. They would have begged for it. But absolutely. I think at this point, with the way, the culture that we're in, with Zoom and everything else, I think that you really don't know what you're getting. Um, They couldn't completely analyze these guys, and it was numbers, and I I feel that a lot of these guys are not going to be with the team, and they're not going to be successful. I mean, we're talking about some of these guys that potentially keep cut at camp. Uh, That's how I feel about it, because I I think they're as questionable to the coaching staff as questionable to us. They're just rolling the dice and just hoping some of them could stick for a year.
0: And I also think that they have no fear of being let go at this point. Rod Rivera's first year, eh, we'll, we'll, we'll try a couple things here. We'll get some low bargain basement kind of guys. We'll do the, the Bruce Allen move, bring guys on at one or two years, low cost, team-friendly deals. So let's just hope that they actually know what they're doing as opposed to how Bruce Allen was and can actually bring on guys that are productive versus the guys who we thought they were when they brought them in.
1: Right, right. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, we've already talked about this. I'm taking this year as an L, and I hope that they know what they're doing. And I hope that some of these guys stick. If if half of the guys that they brought in, these analytics guys can hold, I'd be happy with that. And if they're somewhat productive and showing some upside, we'll be good. But I don't know. There's a lot of question marks and a lot of vacancies. And, and like I said before, I'm not really sure If you're assigning all these guys to one-year deals, just sign a couple of veteran guys and um, just secure the position so you can be competitive on the field, even in a season that you don't have high expectations. Don't put yourself behind the eight ball in some of these spots when you don't have to.
0: Well, I feel like they kind of already have because they haven't even filled out their 90-man roster yet. Right. How do you sign three undrafted rookies? I mean, there's a lot of guys out there. Hall of Fame guys that are undrafted, and and that was so puzzling to me. It really was. The guys that they found th- the last few years undrafted, they've got a lot of guys in their team that are productive, and to cut your chances of finding diamonds in the rough out there is very puzzling. To yeah, me. it makes and me. Really ma- it, it
1: makes me wonder who was in charge of that because Kyle Smith was there before. He was apparently going to be a voice in that. And that's his MO is to go out and get diamonds in the rough or get guys that a lot of people were unsure about and they panned out. So I, I'm not really sure what the, what the strategy was there. Just at the sheer fact of volume, if you were to sign 10 guys, right. okay, let's say two of them stick. Hey, that's pretty good, but you go with three. I mean, now you're what hoping that what one sticks. I mean, it just doesn't, just the sheer odds of it, the more the merrier and then cut them out whenever the hell you want to. I mean, get them the fuck out of our building. They've, they've had their vacation time and get them out of here. So just yeah. having that many guys, I totally agree with you there. I mean, that's just, it was just stupid. Just sign, even if you don't know who the hell they are, just sign them as a body and then you can cut them later. And comparatively speaking, the
0: Eagles and the Cowboys, I think had 15 yeah. undrafted signings. I don't I don't know if it's because these guys legitimately didn't want to come to the Redskins, which is a possibility, but... You know, you get a guy like Stephen Smith, Steven Sims last year. He wasn't drafted. I think he's going to have a huge role next year. Just like, I mean, finished off the season with, what, five touchdowns? I mean, he's going to, he's something. And, and it really upsets me that they didn't yeah. put more of an effort into that. I agree. But anyway. All right. Well, uh, that's going to close out the show. As always, you're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate the and subscribe. Please tell your friends. Word of mouth is a huge help to us. Again, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're going to also have a Facebook group show. Yeah, we we'll told do that one whoa so, trying to put that one together hopefully people join we'll see and I'll then, join um, <laughs> yeah me too maybe mom maybe, mom, maybe mom. mom will join so thank you for listening and we will see you on Wednesday